Hey, fish keepers. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? For the three-year anniversary of Aquatic Wetline. Live, Sunday, August 28th. 
Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Quite Quitline Radio Show. I'm your host, Alice Cardinelli. I'm very proud to announce that tonight I have the utmost honor and privilege of interviewing the owner of a tropical fish wholesale business. Today I'm interviewing Ms. Peach Reed, owner of Fish Mart Inc., which is the largest fish wholesale throughout the northeast of America. If you guys have any questions, you listeners have questions for Miss Peach Reed, please call in at 347-989-8142 and dial number one. So if you have questions for fish wholesaling, please call in at 347-989-8142. So with that being said, let's welcome in today's guest, a very special guest, Miss Peach Reed, the, the owner of Fish Marketing. How are you doing today, Peach? I am doing great. Thanks, Alex, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. It's my pleasure to have you. i got to tell you, I love that name, Peach. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so um, would you mind um, beginning the show by telling us a little bit, a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, well, um, I uh, was one of the original employees in Fish Mart, which has been in business now for 39 years. And I started working there when the business opened up a long time ago, 1974, when I was a student at the University of New Haven. And even though I got my degree in psychology, I loved working with the fish so much that I stuck with the job and over time became a part owner and then the full owner. And um, it's been a lot of fun working there and growing the business over, you know, the last number of years. Yeah, I gotta tell you, you're probably the best fish wholesale I've seen for some of the fish stores. You guys, you guys do an awesome job. Well, thank you so much, Alex. We really do take great pride in being excellent in everything we do. I have about 35 people that work for me. A lot of them have been with Fishmart for a long time. I've got a very, very dedicated and caring staff. Very knowledgeable. Very experienced. And uh, it's all about being excellent every day in every way in everything we do to provide uh, the buying public with quality tropical fish and the other pests that we carry as well. Awesome. So um, we're going to go ahead and start the show with some questions that were emailed from um, some of the listeners that they wanted to ask you. And the first three questions were emailed to me. So um, please bear with the long length of these questions. Some people had a lot of questions to ask you. But the That's first great. question is, <laughs> All right. So the first question is, what exactly is Fishmart Incorporated, and who do you sell to? And they want you to explain the daily life at Fishmart Inc. Excuse me. Okay. Well, at Fishmart, we're a wholesale supplier to retail pet stores throughout the Northeast. And what we do is we import um, aquarium fish from all over the world. Every week we bring in shipments from Thailand, from Singapore, uh, from the Philippines, uh, various South American countries, Africa, and uh, we buy from fish farms that are located in Florida. So we've got a 22,000 uh, square foot facility. We've got incredible uh, state-of-the-art fish systems that make the water quality for the fish um, absolutely about as perfect as they could possibly be. So um, as we bring in shipments, um, they get acclimated into our um, aquatic life support systems, and we have a sales team that uh, calls the retail pet store 
owners or managers or fish department managers and calls them on a specified day each week for their orders. And their orders get packed out by our night crew. Um, and then they get delivered the next day by our professional trained uh, drivers to pet stores all over the Northeast. Nice. So you only sell the pet stores, correct? That is correct. We don't sell directly to the public. Um, we feel that we have a very sacred trust between um, ourselves and our retailers, and we try to do everything we can to work with them so that they can provide all you hobbyists out there with the best quality tropical fish available in the marketplace today. And that you do do. I know a lot of my fish stores up here sell some of the fish for Fish Barn Inc., and you guys had the best fish I've seen from a fish wholesaler, i got to tell you that. Well, thank you. That's really great to hear. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay, so the second question was a good question I got emailed to me, and the question is, what makes you the largest fish wholesaler in the Northeast? Well, um, basically, it's the size of our operation. Uh, like I said, we've got 22,000 square feet that houses mostly um, the aquatics, but FishMart also does sell uh, small pet animals such as gerbils and hamsters and guinea pigs and ferrets, uh, birds like parakeets, cockatiels, canaries and finches, uh, and reptiles. And um, But the aquatics, of course, is the biggest biggest uh, part of our operation by far. So it's our size that makes us biggest, not only in the 22,000 square feet we have, but our state-of-the-art aquatic life support systems are so space efficient that they can hold um, in the same amount of space as some other uh, fish systems. They can hold double or triple the volume. Nice. So you offer both freshwater and saltwater. Is that yep, correct? Yeah, freshwater, saltwater, um, imported goldfish, domestic goldfish, uh, African cichlids, um, aquatic plants, uh, what we call aquatic specialties, which, which are items like, you know, newts and frogs, snails, crayfish, stuff like that. Uh, we also have a beautiful coral table. We sell uh, live corals, and we sell a lot of coral frags. Well, that's, that's nice. That's pretty nice to know that uh, um, wholesalers have changed a lot from back from back in the days. When I was like 10, we used to, I used to live in Florida, so we went to Seagrass, and they just had the, the basic one of the meal, um, a basic one of the meal, um, what do you call that, freshwater and saltwater fish. Right. Well, you know, every, the, the people that are uh, remaining in the wholesale tropical fish business um, have really, over the years, just, you know, increased in their ability to successfully uh, hold fish. And, and uh, Seagrass Farms has actually the same state-of-the-art aquatic life support systems that uh, we do at Fishmart. They were built by uh, the same operation out of Florida for both Seagrass Farms and Fishmart. Nice. So we actually do have a caller right now. Let's see who this caller is. Okay, great. Hi, you're live. Good afternoon. I wish I would catch your show. I don't know if there's other um, aquarium hobbyist-related shows on BTR, but uh, I'm glad at least I caught the end of it. I've listened to a couple of shows uh, on archive. So, um, you know, when you have those archive views, and I don't know how many you get, uh, just know that I'm one of them. Uh, awesome. I have some. I have some questions. I, I'm. I'm. 
I'm a long-term uh, fish hobbyist. I, about a year ago, uh, I put together a 55-gallon freshwater tank, and I wanted African cichlids. And I did some studying and some research. And uh, my brother was also pretty successful with a large African cichlid tank. And, uh, you know, the, he said that kind of like the more the merrier, to keep them from being aggressive on one another, uh, that, you know, if you have 25, 30 fish, uh, in those conditions, uh, in a 55-gallon tank or larger, that's gonna it's gonna stop some of the aggressiveness. And sure enough, it worked. And uh, I cycled the tank for about two weeks uh, before I put any fish in. Uh, then I put some goldfish in, and then another week after that, then I started adding the African cichlids. Everything was fine, um, as far as I knew, for about three months, maybe four months. And then one fish died, and which wasn't a big deal. Then a few of them other ones started dying. And when I took my water to get it tested, because I didn't have any testing, um, <clears throat> excuse me, at home, uh, and the local fish guy is right around the corner along with, uh, you know, a large retailer that's not very far away. And they tested my water, and, the, and it was, you know, super high in ammonia. And basically my tank had crashed, and I lost, uh, I'd say of the 30 fish, I probably lost 15 to 20 of them. Uh, yeah, probably about 15, 20 of them. Well, I saved uh, the majority of the other ones, okay? And, and it's, it's sad because some, I had a, a beautiful assortment of fish, and I don't know if you guys are into African cichlids at all. I'm sure you're aware of all different type of species of fish, but they're particularly beautiful for freshwater fish. Um, I moved them over to another tank, which had a Salvini, uh, a South American cichlid that had once, uh, I don't know if he was the boy or the girl, it was the boy or the girl because the other the he killed its mate, but they did have babies, and but that's another story. At any rate, that tank was doing fine. Uh, a forty-gallon plexiglass, fresh water. Uh, that and the Salvini had been around a year and a half. Long story short, everything was going fine for a year and a half, uh, except one of the African cichlids, uh, who was small when he got in there, who was running from the Salvini. Uh, all of a sudden, it seemed like almost overnight, turned the tables. My question is this. Are, when you're dealing with aggressive fish, uh, when you're dealing with aggressive fish, are you eventually, is it almost inevitable uh, after a period of detente and truce and them chasing each other that this one fish is going to become dominant and just start killing the other ones? Well, that's a great I know question. That was a, I know that was a long question. Well, it's even more than a question. Uh, thank you for, you know, uh, telling us and sharing uh, with us, you know, your yeah. experiences. And uh, there's a number of things we could talk of um, off that. But um, in regards to the cichlids, um, I would say to a certain point, it does become inevitable that one or two or three uh, cichlids um, will become the more dominant, uh, you know, tank inhabitants. But with the Africans, one way to avoid, you know, the conflict where they start killing each other is to have enough hiding places. So oftentimes you'll see uh, nice African cichlid tanks that are built up with rocks or shale mm -hmm. uh, or sometimes, you know, pieces of coral, you know, from the bottom of the tank to the top of the tank with lots of caves and hiding places because cichlids are very territorial and you know if they've got a place to hide they're not going to get beat up 
Um, so I, I think it's really important when you have an African cichlid tank, and they can go on successfully for many, many years if they're, uh, if the tank isn't overcrowded with fish and if there are plenty of hiding spaces and if the tank doesn't get, you know, overfed with food. Um, I know I've personally successfully had um, African uh, tanks, you know, with pseudotrophius zebras, all different types of zebras and maybe melanochromis, and um, where we've, I've even had several generations of fish in the same tank because wow. they were able to successfully breed. And with enough hiding places, again, the babies, you know, most of them say, or maybe not most of them stay safe, but there are a number of survivors, and you can have, um, you know, two or three generations of, of cichlids in your same uh, aquarium. How large a tank was that? Uh, that was a 55. But wow. I've also, but I've done the same thing in um, a 155-gallon tank. Yeah, also, I, I was I was thinking maybe a larger tank would be better. Now, that 55-gallon tank that crashed, I brought it back to life, and the the jewel cichlids or the West African cichlids, they weren't bothered. The, the ammonia, the high ammonia levels in that tank, and of course, I overfed them. You know, they they, they the the whole tank. They started off as small fish. And they were, you know, they were aggressive about eating them, and I overfed them. So, you know, I bear I bear the responsibility there. Also, I probably didn't do as many water changes as I should have. It's just where it's it's, it's upstairs, and there's no sink or anywhere to depose the water. It's it's a lot of work in order oh, to do right. the water changes. It's a lot of work work to do the water changes. And in fact, I don't. It has a big canister filter on it. But the West African jewel cichlids. Um, survived all of that. I got the the tank back running right, and now I have about eight jewel cichlids. And uh, wow, some of them have gotten really big. I got I have one of them that's about the size, um, well, not the complete dimensions, but he's as long as a like a a playing card from a deck of cards. Yeah. And uh, he's he's pretty thick. He's pretty thick. And the number one depth. Now uh, another thing, I found. Now convicts, they're, they're I guess they're also a cichlid. Uh, I guess they're a South American cichlid. Is that That's true? That's correct. Yes. Okay, I guess they're a South American cichlid. I knew that they were aggressive, but th- I bought a baby convict and put it in that other aggressive tank. They're they're side by side. In fact, I'm looking at them right now. I'm so happy to speak to some experts on this, or just some other hobbyists. My brother's a hobbyist uh, as well. Um, this little convict, it, it, it's, it's an amazing story, talking about the little engine that could. He, was, he hid out, and I didn't even know if he was in the tank anymore. He hid out for months and months and months, and every now and then when I would put food in the tank, he would come out and eat, and he would run back into the little cave, right, where you could, where right. the other fish, where you couldn't get to him. Turns out, this fish gets bigger, and he terrorized the entire tank. Uh, the table was turned. <laughs> I, I, I've seen it happen a couple of times, and I'm amazed by it. Like, I, I can't believe that the one that was once the bully, because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen. Now, let me ask you this. So my 39-gallon plexiglass that I have, now it has one African cichlid in there. He has a name, and he just has the tank by himself because he's turned to be the most aggressive. Should I add, and also the African cichlids that I would get from the store, they're so little, they wouldn't be able to... They wouldn't be able to handle it with. Them. Oh yeah, I, I, no, that would be a disaster. Here's a yeah. here's a hint for um, 
this kind of situation or anybody else that uh, is is keeping Africans or actually any type of aggressive fish. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, when you only have one in a tank, you are never going to get anybody to live with that fish. I mean, I, I would guarantee you that any fish you put in that tank at this point, your big fish would kill very quickly. But he's what you not, can this guy's not very big, but he has the heart of a lion. I named him Django. I mean, he's, he's, he's a, in fact, in fact, the local fish guy, uh, which is sad because it's a squeeze on him, and he really knows a lot. But he, it's hard for him to compete with the big, with the big, uh, with the big chain that's not that far away. He just can't compete with prices or anything like that. Uh, at any rate, but he sold me this fish at discount because he couldn't keep him with the other fish. Yeah, right. For when he was so, a baby, so. Yep. Django's just going to have this whole 39-gallon suite to himself. It's a beautiful tank, and I have it set up so nice with, oh, I guess it is what it is. It is. Lucky lucky guy, though. He's a lucky guy. But here, here's uh, a little hint going forward. Like, if you if somebody has, uh, like, a few cichlids in a tank, and they've uh-huh. been together for a while, and they've got, you know, they've got it all figured out uh, without being too aggressive with each other, so they're all... Uh, cohabiting together fairly nicely. And if you want to try to introduce new fish, the best way to handle that is to actually dismantle the caves that you've built in the aquarium. You know, because if you rebuild it, if you just take them out and rearrange them, or you don't even have to take them out, if you rearrange all those rocks and caves, it's almost like setting up a new tank so that even the fish that have been in there aren't going to, they'll be confused, essentially. Right, right. It's, and it's, it's, and it's, it makes it easier for you to add in new fish. They do have to be, they would have to be of like size and temperament. Wow, because I was just thinking of going to the, the, the aquarium store today to find something to put in here with Django. And because, you know, that particular tank, it's a plexiglass tank, it's 40 gallons. I've had it forever. I've had it for 20 years, and I bought wow. it used. I bought I bought it used. I've had it for 21 years. I bought it used, and uh, you know I had, I bought a new hood light after the other one was you know old and just didn't work anymore. But um, the tank was so beautiful with the Salvini in there. Let me ask you this: Do you sell Salvinis? Oh, uh, we do. Yes, we do. They're not available I, I, 52 weeks of the year, but we often have them in stock. My Salvinis that I had, and I, you know, and I'm aware of the, the the dominant fish in the in the aquarium that he will, you know, he will spread his wings like a peacock, you know, he'll he'll really, you know, show out how beautiful he is. I didn't realize until that fish was about two years old how beautiful they really can be. There were turquoise and reds. The colors on them are incredible. Let wow. me one, one one other thing. I don't run a heater in any of these tanks. Should I? Well, if you're uh, able to keep them successfully, uh, I think you've answered your own question. But right. what is the water temperature? Do you know? I have no idea. Well, let me see here on this one. Let me see if I can look. Well, this one, it has a strip thing on the bottom from Marie Lynn. It says uh, 78. I guess that's yeah. about right. These are the jewel well, cichlids. Yeah, boy, that that that's, you know... Ideal. That's even a little uh, warm. You know, the fish would certainly be uh, okay at, at a cooler temperature, and, and perhaps your house gets cooler in the winter time. It does. It, well, it, 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 it you know it varies a lot. 
Yeah. There's a varying temperature here. Um, what could I do to encourage these jewel thickets to breed? Play some I soft don't... music. Play a little soft music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, pour, lo- pour a little candles. wine in the tank. Yeah, right. Uh, some candles around the tank. <laughs> you know. Um, what What's the pH of the tank? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, and I know that um, they like a high pH. Yeah, I th- and that might get them to breed better. And I so I would recommend. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't do any breeding at Fishmart. We don't do any breeding. We buy right. the breeders. Well, that's, so um, that's, that's not my forte, but I'm I sure that you. information would be, you know, I'm sure you could Google search that yeah, and, uh, be hard to find. and get a good good answer very quickly, exactly. Very good. I have a community tank downstairs, too, that I enjoy. It's, uh, um, I bought it on sale from one of the large retailers. It was a hundred. It was a $160 item. It's uh, a glass tank. I think it's 39 gallons. Uh, it's rectangular shape. It's kind of odd shape, but it was missing a couple of parts, and they sold it to me for eighty dollars, um, which was a good deal. And then when I called Marineland to order the parts, after locating them online, they told me it was under warranty, and they sent me the parts for free. I eventually That's set the great. aquarium up. Yeah, they sent me the parts and said that it was under warranty. I mean, I've had some pretty good experiences um, from dealing with the large retailers for you know when it comes to equipment and stuff, and I guess that's just how they put the little guy out of business, which I don't like. Um, no, I have, an, uh, I have a community tank that's incredible, and uh, that, that's incredible. And uh, it has a you know, variety of from, from tetras to platys to uh, some mollies, or even a couple of goldfish. Um, uh, I oh, really enjoy beautiful. No, that's I really enjoy great. that tank, and I, and I have it loaded with fish, and I have it loaded with fish. And, of course, they drop off from time to time. Uh, and then, you know, when they're on sale at the large retailer, and the large retailer will have these fish on sale from anywhere between $0.80 cents to $1.50, so it's really not expensive to buy 20 fish at one time and enter them into the tank. But, no, it's, it's, it's an amazing tank to watch. It's really an amazing tank to watch. I, and I wish – which time does your shows come on? I know – are you the guest or are you the host? I'm the guest. Okay. Um, Alex, this is Alex's show, and it uh, comes on at 5 o'clock, right, Alex? Yep, five o'clock I'm, on Saturday. I'm, 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 in, I'm in California. I'm in California. No, I would love to call in and listen and talk aquarium stuff. This has been, uh, you know, I've got in a in a in a one bedroom loft, not a large place, and I have uh, I've got three I got three tanks running. That's dynamite. You sound like quite the hobbyist. It's great yeah, to I talk am. with yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am, and uh, you know, and I've had the, you know, I've, I, I, that that tank crashing on me uh, last. Well, it was in in April. I'm looking at the tank now, but it crashing on me. It really, it would, it could, it crushed me. It crushed, it I'm crushed sure. me. I'm sure. I'm I've so never sorry. had anything like that happen, and not to even think of the expense uh, yeah, of what I right. what I've paid for the fish. But you know, these are like your babies. The whole name I of the know, game is to keep the name of the game is to keep them alive. You know. But you but you learned your lesson. You know what happened, and that's why you know I recommend that all hobbyists have uh, test kits that they keep on hand to test their water periodically, especially for ammonia, okay? And um, then with your Africans, if, if your African tank has got a high pH, the, the higher the pH over 7.0, you know 7.0 is neutral, the mm-hmm. higher the pH, the more toxic ammonia is in the aquarium. It's a hard balance to keep then. 
Well, not not really. You know, I, I understand the situation with Africans. The bigger they get, and this is true for cichlids in general. I mean, and koi are like this also. They they could eat all the time. You know what I mean? I bet your fish, I bet they were coming up to the top of the tank all the time whenever you walked by looking for food. And it's become easy to overfeed them. But when when they do get overfed, they're, you know, they're excreting ammonia into the water. And um, if, if there's too much in the ammonia, uh, ammonia in the water, and apparently that's what happened, you know, the tank wipes out or, you know, Partial, I looked at the fish, but it was no. It, it was it was a it was a almost complete wipeout, and it took some emergency measures. And even some of the fish, uh, um, it was a disaster. It was a disaster. Well, I don't want to. You learned from it. You learned from it. That won't happen again. Uh, no, and uh, I don't know. Those test kits—they're kind of costly. You know, the guy, and it's. I think I'll just make more trips because there's the guy that uh, the local guy with the with the fish store, he's yep. uh, he's maybe a block away, so mm-hmm. I mean that that's convenient. And then the other place they're they're happy to test the water for you. Yeah, that's they're really happy, great. They're happy they're happy to test the water for you. That's dynamite. Um, thank you for taking the time to talk to me, and I bookmarked your site. Now pleasure. let me ask you this: as far as shipping to the West Coast, uh, well, um, you have. We only sell to retail pet stores, and we really um, pretty exclusively only distribute to the retail pet stores in the Northeast. And the reason for that is because we truck deliver them ourselves. We've okay. got trained pro- professional drivers in, uh, you know, environmentally controlled vehicles, um, you know, that, that deliver them directly to the store and check in the order with the store and so on. Do you deal in salt water? Yeah, we do. Right. Now, over all the years that I've been dealing with aquariums, and it stems from a kid from when I was 11. I mean, I've had fish wow. tanks. seems like forever. And there, there have been periods, you know, there have been periods where you, where I didn't have aquariums. But, uh, no, I remember having, you know, all kinds of fish when I was a kid. And also uh, from guppies to the kissing garamis, and, and, and they would breed. Um, I've never had the guts to try the salt water. My brother has. And had some success for a while, and of course the tank, well not of course it crashed, but after about five or six months it crashed, and he hasn't touched it since. It's, I guess it's really delicate. You would have to have, go ahead. You've got to have the test kits with that. Right. Because exactly. again, the salt water is alkaline water, you know, usually you keep that at, at about a pH of A2 or so, and mm-hmm. so any ammonia at all is totally toxic and will wipe out a tank. And of course, with salt water too, as well as fresh water. But again, it's more. Uh, it happens. It can happen more easily with uh, salt water because of the pH. But um, you know, the nitrogen cycle, the biological cycle, where mm-hmm. um, the toxic ammonia is converted by nitrifying bacteria, um, nitrosomonas and nitrodactors into nitrites and nitrates. A toxic level of any of those. Um, you know, can wipe out a saltwater tank. So it's imperative to have, um, you know, test kits when you've got uh, a saltwater tank. Very good. Well, it's very nice to speak with you, and um, thank you for your time. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure talking with you. Good luck. Enjoy the aquarium, Hobby. Thank you. No, I just don't. I just, poor Django, 
I mean, he's just going to be lonely the rest of his life, I guess. I don't know what to do. That tank was so nice looking with all the fish swimming around it, and they and they all hung together pretty well for about a year, year and a half, and all of a sudden it just went, you know, Armageddon. Mm-hmm. I guess that's just part of that's just what comes with the territory, right? Unfortunately, yes. All right. Well, it's nothing uncommon then. No, it isn't. Thank you very much. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Sure. Well, that was a long call. <laughs> I know, but it was fun. It was. I hope other people found it interesting. He sounds like yeah. you know quite the uh, fish aficionado. You brought you brought me luck today because that was my first call on my fish show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go back to our other questions from people who emailed me. Then this is the last question that was emailed to me, um, and the question is: How do you tank your fish, and how do you bring fish in, and what is the for shipping? Uh, sure, all good questions. Thanks, Alex. Um, You're welcome. For, uh, all of our fish. Um, with the exception of feeder goldfish, which get trucked up from uh, Arkansas to Fish Mart, all of our other fish are flown in, and all the import shipments, you know, from out of the country are flown into JFK on various airlines, JFK and New York. Um, and our drivers, you know, uh, are there when those international shipments arrive. They've got to clear customs. They've got to uh, clear fish and wildlife. And in the case of imported goldfish, they also have to clear the United States Department of Agriculture. So it's quite a process to, uh, you know, work with these uh, various agencies to get our shipments. And, of course, those are packed uh, the way we pack also. Uh, you know, the fish are packed in plastic bags with oxygen, and they're packed in uh, styrofoam boxes and usually wrapped with cardboard around them. And that's to keep the fish, you know, temperate. Uh, in in the uh, wintertime, uh, heat packs are used on the covers of the styrofoam boxes. And in the summertime, ice packs uh, are used so that the fish don't get too hot or too cold. Uh, once, once our drivers pick up uh, any shipments that they're getting at the airports, they bring them back to Fish Mart. And uh, the process that we use... Um, is to open up, especially, well, I'll start with the international shipments, because those have been packed uh, in their boxes for the longest period of time. Some of those are packed for maybe 30 hours or, or even longer. So um, the ammonia buildup in those bags is something you have to consider. So as we open up each box and, and take each shipping bag out, uh, the first thing we do is open up the bag and put something in the water to neutralize the ammonia. And then we reoxygenate the bag and float it in the um, aquarium systems for about 20 minutes or so to um, equalize the temperature of whatever the temperature is in the bag with, with what our system water is. And usually 20 minutes is all that's necessary, but again, it depends if a shipment has gotten very cold or, or not. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, the fish are, uh, you know, carefully uh, uh, evaluated for uh, pH, and um, there's an acclimation process, and, and then the fish are netted into uh, our systems. And once the shipment is put away, uh, the fish are fed, because oftentimes uh, on these international shipments, the suppliers um, don't feed the fish for 
up to 24 hours to clean them out so that they're not excreting a lot of ammonia into the water. Um, so they need to be fed uh, right away, uh, you know, and we use a what we think is the best uh, fish food available out there nutritionally uh, for the fish so that we can uh, build them up. Our, our import, our international shipments, we receive on a Friday so that we've got all weekend to acclimate them and feed them and, um, you know, prep them for getting ready to sell to the retailers the following week. And when we pack out the uh, fish orders for the customers, um, the order pickers uh, go to, you know, the various fish tanks and, uh, you know, get a bucket of water and, and uh, carefully net out the required number of fish. And they're brought up to a packing table where they're uh, put in plastic bags and oxygenated. We've got our own oxygen generator on site. Uh, the bags are then clipped off, and those are placed in the styrofoam boxes and closed up, you know, filled, closed up, labeled, uh, and staged for when the drivers arrive to take out their roots. Does that answer that question? Yes, it does. A very great answer from you. I'm enjoying Thanks. having you on the show so far. Okay, so the next question I have for you, um, let's see where it is. Here it is. Are you able to import wild fish, or is everything tank-raised from Fishmart? Oh, say that again, Alex. I'm sorry. Are you able to import wild fish or wild caught fish, or is oh, everything sure. mostly? We do both. Um, you know, one uh, change that's occurred in in the uh, wholesale tropical fish business over the years is that more and more of the freshwater fish are uh, tank-bred and raised. Um, for example, I, I mentioned that we buy a lot of fish from the Far East, and, and there are many, 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 many farms uh, in, in various uh, Far Eastern countries. And, uh, and, and most of the fish are, are farm-bred and raised. Uh, there, there are still wild-caught fish from fresh, that are, you know, freshwater from the Far East, uh, and the South American fish and African fish are, are still exclusively wild-caught. But uh, for freshwater, you know, the, the vast majority of uh, fish available in the trade now are, are uh, you know, farm-bred and raised or tank-bred uh, and raised. Saltwater fish is a different story. Um, more of the saltwater fish is still wild. Incredible advances have been made in the last 10 years and happening even more and more where now hobbyists are even capable of breeding uh, clownfish and able to sell them to retailers or to wholesalers like Fishmart. Um, and there are becoming more and more, um, you, you know, more advances are made in successfully uh, breeding saltwater fish. And that's a trend that will continue. And it's a good trend also. Yes, I agree with you. I love uh, breeding in the aquarium. And now my, my sponsor breeds a lot of fish. Your who breeds a lot of fish? My sponsor, my fish guy, breeds fish in his in his um in his home his home his, his home. I think it is. Oh, great! What kind of fish does he breed? He breeds the cichlids and the angelfish. That's Freshwater great. Angelfish. Excellent. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is cool. <laughs> so the so the last question I have for you, someone wanted to know: Do you guys bring in larger fish, such as fish bigger than five inches? 
Um, that's a great question too, Alex. Um, we do bring in uh, some fish that are, you know, five inches or bigger. But to be honest with you, um, not a lot. And I'll tell you why. There's a couple reasons. Number one, like, for example, when I've been telling you about uh, bringing in shipments from the Far East and overseas, uh, from, from the Far East, a box of fish costs us about $100 just for the freight, okay? the airline freight. So if you've only got one fish in that box, you know what I mean? You've got a, you're paying $100 in freight alone for that fish and whatever I'm paying the fish vendor, the, who I'm buying from. And of course, you could put more than one big fish in a box, but realistically, if you're buying um, six-inch fish, you could probably only put maximum of 10 in a box. So the freight on each one of those fish alone, just to get it to fish mark, uh, you know, would be what six into ten. You know, uh, you know, over fifteen dollars. So I've got to pay fifteen dollars for the freight. Say it's a six-inch Oscar. I'm paying fifteen dollars in freight to get it here, plus five dollars or ten dollars, whatever I'm paying my vendor. So that that six-inch Oscar is landing me twenty-five dollars before I even sell it to the retailer. Before they sell it to the hobbyist. So you can see it's really not cost-effective. Also, the uh, bigger the fish is, especially if it's a farm-bred and raised fish, uh, the longer the uh, farmer or uh, you know producer has that fish and feeds it, the more expensive that fish becomes to him. So that just escalates the price of the fish. So what I like to see happen in a trade, and, and it does, is... A lot of times hobbyists, they'll, you know, get fish that become too big for them or they want to change out the tank and they can bring their big fish back to their retailer, back to their local retail pet store. Um, and sometimes we even have retail pet stores, that, you know, will say, hey, Peach, or say to one of my sales reps, you know, could you please uh, take these big fish off my hand? One of my customers brought them in, and I don't really have anywhere to keep them. And so we'll get them uh, at Fish Mart, and that way we can, um, you know, offer them to the retailers. Oh, nice. That sounds pretty cool. I used to, I yeah. used to be a monkey fan myself. Yeah. Yeah, I used to love the arowanas. Oh, um, you have arowanas? I used to love them. I, I keep the freshwater angelfish now because I don't have a yeah. big enough for them. Right. How big did your arowanas get? What kind did you have? A silver arowana? Yeah, I had silver and black arowanas. They got about oh, great. Inches. Cool. Yeah. I know the black arowanas are considered kind of rare now nowadays. They are very rare, and they've really escalated in price too. But they're they're rare. They're it's all arowanas are only seasonally available anyway. Okay, because they are wild caught. So, um, you know, they only breed a certain time of year, and therefore the babies are only available a certain time of year. And plus, uh, they're a South American fish, and the South American countries, the governments, have gotten uh, more strict about how fish are captured. They, they want to make sure that they sustain the ability of uh, the fishermen to get fish without depleting the stock. So they often shut down for a couple months a year so the fish can breed, you know, they can spawn and, and the babies can grow and the um, supplies don't get depleted. Nice, that's nice to know. I always thought that the Irwana somehow were a, were a tank rice, so I know they're all well caught now. 
Yeah, they basically are. In Singapore, I don't know if you're familiar with the red dragonfish, the the red arowanas. They, oh, yeah. they are they're, they're tank breeding those. Unfortunately, that fish is not legally allowed in the U.S. Um, not yet. But <laughs> yeah, not yet. But it's on the CITES convention, which I don't understand why it's legal in other countries but not in the U.S. But hopefully, like you said, someday it will be. Because the U.S. is kind of weird on some things. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> well, we had a great show today. We sure did. Thank you so much, Alex. Well, if you want to show again sometime, because um, okay, sure. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, not next Saturday, Saturday after next. Maybe we can get you on again. Uh, I might be able to do it then. Actually, I might be in Florida um, that weekend, going to visit a couple of my suppliers down there. Oh, nice. Yep. Or maybe in, in the 2014 we can get you on the show. Yeah, I would love to. All right, you're one of my favorite guests. You bring me, you bring me a lot of luck. My new friend, you were a new friend I just made today. Oh, thank you, Alex. Likewise, <laughs> and I and I hope I can help you develop your show. It's really neat that you've got for hobbyists. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you on Facebook about that. Okay, great. All right, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show. Hope you guys have a great Saturday, and we'll see you tomorrow at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time as we debut our Introduction to African Cichlids live at 3 tomorrow with host David Burke, who's going to host the African Cichlid Show. All right, we'll see you all tomorrow at 3. Have a great Saturday, and have a great Saturday, Peach. Thank you. You too, Alex. Thanks again. Take care. You're welcome. You're welcome. Take care. All right, good night, everyone. Thank you.